Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with three super seniors. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who no longer records in his closet. No, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who has switched to his bedroom. That's right. That's me, Trey Newman. All right. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to catch up on a bunch of news that we haven't gone through. Uh, We'll go through the winners and losers from the NFL draft declarations, the most intriguing transfers of the offseason so far, and the coordinator hires that we are most interested in. Uh, Be sure to follow us on social media at CFB Bros and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've added like 200 subscribers in the last week. We had a mostly Tennessee fan. We had a video about the Tennessee coaching search that had 20,000 views. Uh, We're currently at 655 subscribers and have a big favor to ask from the listeners. Our goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube because it allows us to, to monetize there, which would be great for us. It would allow us to kind of justify putting more time into that, putting out more videos, uh, um, maybe investing in some better cameras. So if uh, if you appreciate the content that we do in the audio format, would encourage you to go subscribe there. Um, if everyone listening now subscribed, we would fly past a thousand. We have a lot more audio listeners yeah. than we do YouTube viewers. So uh, yeah, thanks for for considering that. Um, but let's we're gonna uh, have to be uh, we're gonna have to be a little bit more mindful of uh, what we say about Tennessee. Be like, I know now, like a, a third more of our subscribers. Yeah. Josh Heupel is the best hire of all time, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that's what they want to hear, actually. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, but let's get to that. Let's get to that right now. So, yeah, sure. all right. Tennessee has hired Josh Heupel. This is a Tennessee pod from now on. Uh, <laughs> as their next head coach, of course, um, bringing him in from UCF. So, Ryan, yeah, what do you think? I mean, all things considered, I think it's a pretty solid hire. Um, you know, take into consideration all the, the negative kind of atmosphere the negative vibes going around the program right now of course after firing Pruitt and then um, because of the sanctions that might be coming coaches were reluctant to go there Um, and then of course you got a bunch of kids that are potentially transferring away you still got some in the portal that haven't maybe made their decision yet but it looks like they're going to have a lot of kids leave so it's that it wasn't exactly the the sexiest of jobs uh, for for coaches to go to go after so uh, but when you look at a guy like Josh Heupel who's had success at every stop. I mean, I know he's kind of, I think the, the, uh, the main thing that is kind of honestly, that's kind of holding him back, or at least that he doesn't get the notoriety or publicity that he probably deserves. is just because he's kind of walked into some nice situations. You know, he was the office coordinator at OU, uh, that he took over, uh, of course at UCF when they were, you know, obviously <laughs> undefeated and had a bunch of talent still there. So he's kind of had those moments, but he still had success is the thing. He's had success at all those moments. So I think he's a, a solid hire considering all the, uh, you know, uh, the troubles that's going on right right now at the program. Yeah, I, I think I agree with most of what you said. The The fan base, it seems like at least judging by Twitter and just looking at the Tennessee blog comments, uh, maybe that's not representative, but most people don't seem super happy. Um, there are I'm some. Not saying I'm happy, but it's solid. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my thought too. Is yeah, I'm not like it's hard to judge whether how good of a coach Josh Heupel is because he, like you said, he walked into that team that was already 13 and 0. But 
I think the job he he has done at UCF though is is sort of underrated because yeah. I hear a lot of people saying like the team regressed under him, but sort of impossible not to like you're not going to go <laughs> yeah. 13 and 0 every year. And really, the first two seasons that that he was there, he's only there three seasons. I think he dramatically outperformed at least my expectations because they the first year they did pretty much repeat what from 12 and 0. Uh, their only loss was then that you know in the in the bowl game to um, yeah. to oh, LSU and that was without Mackenzie Milton. So unbelievable se- season there. And then the next year they went 10 and 3 with a true freshman quarterback and the three losses were by a combined 7 points. So another great season. They were pretty much as good as they were the year before just had some bad luck in close games. This year wasn't great. Um, they did have a lot of opt-outs. They did have some opt-outs, which is a factor, but still, you know, not not a super encouraging yeah. season. But that's you know that's why he was available to you, I guess. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, and I I wouldn't ridicule the hire. Um, I think the hire is just a fine hire. Um, you know, he resonates more with me than Derek Dooley, Bitch, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt. Speaking as a Vol fan. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh but no, I, I just is he a home run hire? Probably not, but I think he's solid. And like no. you said, especially given the circumstances. And if you if you ask me, like the the candidate pool this offseason wasn't there wasn't like a ton of just those grand slam hires out there. I mean a lot of people point to Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle and those guys are are great, but those guys necess- weren't necessarily the best geographic fits for this Tennessee job, um, at least in in my opinion. Or they were maybe looking for for their their own style uh, might not have fit exactly Tennessee's Tennessee's culture. But but either way, the the one thing though that I do like is that it's going to invigorate the offense. Tennessee has finished hasn't finished in the top eleven in scoring offense in the sec in over four years so he's going to inject some life in there he's been kind of a quarterback whisperer renowned as that so he's a track record there so you know that'll be fun to to see his style in in knoxville yeah so i think we all kind of agree like given that those top guys weren't interested the campbells fickles billy napiers this seems reasonable like none of us are, are super pumped about it. it's not like we think heupel's necessarily a rising star but given the and yep and it didn't drag on for so long i mean Mm -hmm. not that that is just a huge deciding factor or anything but last time it just seemed to drag on forever and ever and i i would like him more than i'd be more excited with him than i think kevin Steele. so yeah Yeah. i i agree with that yeah so true you know it's i know everyone expected the new athletic director to or i don't know if everyone expected it people were hoping that they would they would make maybe a little bit more of a splash but uh yeah. Easier said than done. All right. Uh so how about uh UCF? Let's just throw out a, a couple names of of potential hires that they could make cuz that's a really good job. Like they've got very a lot of talent on the roster. They've Dylan Gabriel coming back. They should be very good again next year. Um I've heard Jeff Lebby, who's the current offensive coordinator for Ole Miss, of course, was UCF's offensive coordinator. That's would seem to be a, a hire that makes sense. Um any other names you guys thought of? I mean, are we going to throw out Tom Herman? Sure. I, I would think that would be a very mutually beneficial hiring. I think it would be great for both parties. Yeah. I mean, back in the AAC, we saw what he did with at Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justin Fuente could also go back to the, to the <laughs> just, AAC. Just kind of leave early. Be like, ah, I'll go. I mean, he's looking I mean, for it. He would definitely take it, I would think. Yeah. He's looking, 
you know, they're looking to get rid of him and he's probably looking to yeah. find any other good job he can. And it's such a it's such a great job. It's probably maybe arguably the best job in the AAC where it's easy to to propel yourself because you're probably going to have success there and it's easy to propel yourself to a, an even bigger gig. Is there a better power five? Or I'm sorry. Is there a better G5 job out there than UCF? Very few if there are. Yeah, I don't I think one so. off the top of my head. I mean, Boise State continues to have success no it's matter true. who's there. So that's that's pretty good. But uh, the, the talent you can get down at UCF is hard to argue against. Yep. Uh, so that's why guys, I mean, like Jamie Chadwell, Will Healy, other head coaches at lower G5 schools would potentially be interested. Yeah, true. All right. Uh, Marshall has also hired a new head coach. They hired Alabama's associate head coach and running backs coach, Charles Huff, uh, to take over for Doc Holliday. What, what are your thoughts on this move? Yeah, I, and even though... Oh, sorry, Trey. Even I'm though... That's all right. Even though Huff, he, he's not a household name, but I'd be I'd be hopeful as a Marshall fan. Uh, anytime you can get a top recruiter, you, you've got to take it. Uh, he's been rated recently as the best recruiter in the country. Now, of course, it's not overly difficult to recruit to Alabama or Penn state where he's been in, in previous stints, but still, he still knows how to go into living rooms and get top guys who are choosing between elite schools. You know, obviously he's not going to get those caliber of players, but the skill of recruiting can still translate to the Marshall level. Um, combine that with his background. He's been with top coaches like James Franklin, PJ Fleck, Nick Saban. I think it's a pretty solid hire. Yeah. And he's, you know, I mean, he's already got a pretty solid, uh, you know, pedigree of, of, of running backs with Saquon he had over at Penn state and then Najee, of course, here, uh, at Alabama, Kylan Hill uh, as well. So he's had a, a nice little, nice little stretch. Um, I think it's good. I mean, I, I, I was, we were all kind of weirded by the high, by the firing of doc holiday in the first place. Um, but I can, I could definitely get behind this, you know, just bringing yeah. in a, a proven recruiter, um, guy that's learned from the best. So I, you know, I mean, I guess they just had enough of holiday after so long. I'm not sure, but uh, maybe they're just trying to hit a home run here. And they, they, they could. I agree with everything you guys said. Um, some other news. We uh, we made an appearance on another podcast. So I want you to talk about that, Ryan. Yeah, we were uh, invited to the uh, the Benchwarmers trivia podcast. Um, we were going to have a, uh, a little trivia kind of competition between us, kind of us versus them type of deal. So it was a lot of fun. Um, those guys made it very entertaining. Like the setup of their show, the quiz there, the, the setup of like the trivia format was real fun. Um, and the questions were great. So it was a really entertaining thing. I know we all had fun. I would think you guys would have fun listening to it. So uh, you do yourself a favor, subscribe to that podcast, the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Marcus, uh, he's been a longtime listener. Great guy. Uh, it was fun to be able to talk with him. Um, he's... Um, he was one that kind of invited us because it's his podcast that he's on. So um, it worked out well and uh, we'll probably be back on soon. And uh, you know, it'll be coming out anytime shortly. I don't think it's come out yet, um, but we did it last week, I think. So it should be coming out anytime, but make sure you go subscribe and give that one a listen. Yeah. And thank you for inviting us onto their show again. That's great. We would love to have us back if they'll have us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks. Shout out to Marcus again. Uh, We also uh, have a a new sponsor right now. So Trey, why don't you tell us about that? Well, I mean Valentine's Day right around the corner. You can use myfrontpagestory.com. Be a great gift for your significant other, uh, or even a uh, your mom. Uh, Anyone out there that uh, you want to 
celebrate Valentine's Day with, especially during this pandemic, you, it's a great gift because you can you can talk to a professional writer uh, about a, a loved one for about 10 to 15 minutes. And the writer will write a story for you in the form of it'll look like literally a front page of a newspaper. And, you know, you hear someone say, I want to do something special for you. Or so I had this story written about you. Like you don't hear that much. And it's uh, it can be emotional for them, especially around the, the, the Valentine's Day. If it's with your significant other, they can even appreciate it even more. So bottom line, the loved one will love it. They might even cry happy tears. You'll win. So if you use the promo code BROS15 at myfrontpagestory.com, you'll get 15% off. That's BROS15, myfrontpagestory.com. Awesome. Okay, let's uh, let's get to some football here. Uh, the topic for the episode, we'll start with draft declarations. And we're going to go through the winners and losers. So Ryan, who's your, your first winner? Uh, my first winner is going to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Actually, oh, here I'm going. Home. We won something. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. won. That's all we got. Not horrible. Well, maybe. Um, no, but for real though, Nebraska, especially their defense, uh, they just pretty much had everybody decide to come back. A lot of super seniors uh, will be back here. So you know, JoJo Doman was obviously kind of the first one that came out and said it, and he's coming back, and he was a big piece. He's a great linebacker, kind of really versatile. Cam Taylor Britt. In the corner, he could have gone pro. He decided to come back, their best secondary player. Both safeties are coming back. They were seniors. Um, they could have left a, a linebacker, another defensive lineman. So it was just all over on that defense. So they're going to be very experienced. Um, it really, they only lose like two guys on the defense now. Um, one was doing it due to an injury. So it was really just one guy that decided to, to move on. The offense, they didn't have anybody really decide to come back, but not sure we really want them to. <laughs> oh yeah sure sure <laughs> except for wandale but he transferred he didn't decide to yeah it's rough go there that hurt um all right my first winner is iowa state kind of an obvious one Brees hall is back because he had to be he was only a sophomore uh but brock purdy decided to come back that's huge their star tight end charlie kohler spurned that was the one in my eyes yeah for sure and then two of their best players on defense mike rose at linebacker greg eisworth at safety um both both decided to return. So in total, that's 19 starters back. The only loss, really big loss, was Jaquan Bailey on the defensive line. But he was already a fifth-year senior, had a great season. So, you know, you kind of expected him to, to go yeah. pro. Yep. Uh, I'll Top go to 10. A, yeah, they could be. I'll go to another state school, Ohio State. Uh, you know, of course, Justin Fields left, but obviously no surprise. Um, and Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis did as well. Again, no surprise, highly graded. But on the positive side, they got Thayer Munford came back. He's going to anchor that offensive line. Chris Olave was the surprise, the wide receiver. He's going to big play Olave, man. He's going to be back, one of the best receivers in the country next year. Ruckert, Jeremy Ruckert, a tight end. Uh, he was a big target that Fields really developed a, a good relationship with towards the end of the year. He'll be back. Uh, defensive end, Tyreek Smith and their tackle, Haskell Garrett, stayed. So that defensive line could be strong as strong or even stronger than it was this past year so they ended up being a winner even though you lose that that yeah justin fields yeah they're always going to lose you know several yeah. guys but there was yeah a few surprises there that returned yep um all right let's go with my second one here uh my second one is georgia um you know it wasn't perfect by any means kind of have kind of almost like a ohio state deal they're, they're gonna lose some people um like tyson campbell and 
uh, Richard LeCount. There's guys, but um, the guys that they got coming back, JT Daniels, that one was a question for sure. JT Daniels could have gone after his pretty strong, strong finish to the season. Um, and he, they obviously got a lot better when he was in there. Uh, the running backs, uh, Zamir White, James Cook are back. Uh, Jamari Saylor, he's the, the tackle. Um, he, that's a huge one. And then to me, the, the biggest one, literally and figuratively, well, literally and yeah, I guess. Jordan yeah. Davis. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Jordan Davis, the the big, big nose tackle on, on defense. He was, again, he's not a guy that puts up a bunch of stats, but his his presence is vastly missed when he's not on the field. You can tell they are so stout up against that run when he's in there. So that was a massive one. All right, my next winner, I guess the rich are, are staying rich because Clemson is a winner for me. And specifically, Clemson's defense is yes. the winner. They're returning... All 11 starters, which is crazy. Of course, they were very young, but also Nolan Smith, their second-team All-American safety, decided to to return. James Skalski, their leader at linebackers, back. And oh, maybe the Turner, right? Did I say Nolan Smith? Yeah, the basketball the player? player. The I've, been, I've been, like, calling him that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was, like, thinking Duke basketball all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Okay, thanks for that correction. But I that's not the first time I've done that. <laughs> He's going to Greg Paulus, you know, just, just yeah. Along, you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Darian Kendrick uh, is, mm-hmm. was, uh, I guess, I think the biggest surprise at corner uh, returning. So, I mean, their Stupid. defense was already good. I know it wasn't I know. like their defense of a few years ago, but it was still good. And now this, everyone's back. This and next the, year could be. Oh, yeah. Of course, Brazil and uh, Murphy back up front, oh. the freshmen, they're going to be. Yeah. Insane. Venables. Venables is looking his chops. Um, in, I'm going to go to the big 10 again with Indiana. They're not necessarily jumping for joy as a winner, but they're still pretty happy. Uh, receiver Ty Fro- Fry Frogel decided to come back. He's going to take all the passes that Wap Fillier was getting. Uh, they got and the defensive side, which is kind of more Tom Allen's calling card, Mar- Marcelino ball, Raheem lane on at corner, come back. And then along the line, Mike Zimba returns. He's disrupts a lot of opposing offenses. Michael Penix, he'll should be healthy. Allen's going to be loaded with arguably the highest expectations Indiana's ever had, at least in our lifetime. Yeah, maybe so. All right, let's move on to the losers. Uh, who's your first loser, Ryan? I would yeah. say Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 it's got to do it every year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, my first one is Auburn here. Um, they, they they lose quite a bit, especially they, they they lose their entire receiving core. Really, Eli Stove, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, three good players. They're all gone. They lose safety Jamie and Sherwood, um, and their linebacker KJ Britt. So, um, just not a whole lot of positives as, after the the left firing of uh, Gus Malzahn. Okay. Uh, my first loser is Stanford. Um, you can kind of handle losing players. You know, like we said, when you're Ohio State or even Alabama, um, they lost a lot, but they'll reload, reload like always. But Stanford finished 59th in SP+. I know they had a 4-2 and two record, so pretty good record, but they, they won, you know, a lot, of, a lot of close games. I think all four were, were very close. So really, they weren't all that great this year, and yet they lose... Paulson Adebo at corner and Walker Litter at little at tackle. Now they didn't play this year. So yeah, yeah, they had already opted out, but they also lose Simi Fehoko, their wide receiver. I I didn't see that one coming at least before the season. 
and then the biggest loss is quarterback. That's always the biggest loss. Davis Mills, who just became the starter, you know, midway through 2019, really didn't play a ton for you. 2020. And, well, no, oh, no, yeah. yeah, he yeah. finished last year. That's right. Yeah. 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 For Costello taking over when Costello yeah. got hurt. But uh, yeah, he didn't play that much and but he's gone. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be tough for David Shaw. I'm going to stay in the Pac-12. Michael, your boys, the Trojans, Oof. they're doing a very, very good job in the transfer portal right now. So hopefully they can blend that all that talent together. But the Trojans have the most early departures of any team in the country. Uh, they lose Elijah Griffin at corner, Talanoa Hufanga uh, at you know safety linebacker position, who's one was one of my favorite players this year. He's he left. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you got the D along the D line. You got Jay Tufalele, to or actually it's just Tufale. Tufale. Yep. Man. Yeah. Um, and then Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker. He he leaves their top top offensive lineman, but that's really not a surprise. Tyler Vaughn's was a senior. He could have come back, but but didn't. But you know, on the wide receiver position, USC's always they've become wide receiver. U. they still got Brew McCoy, Drake London back. So I'm not overly concerned there, but. But there was a decent exodus, so those transfers better pan out. Yeah, and you didn't even mention on the D-line Marlon Tui-Pelotu, who oh, broke yeah. out this year, and he's gone. So just, yeah, not good. We already weren't really that good this year. I mean, we were fine. Yeah. You know, we were, what, borderline yeah. top 15, yeah, top 20 type team. But yeah. then you lose all those guys. It's one of your running backs. Okay. I mean, we we'll still have, sorry? One of your running backs transferred to Nebraska, Marquis Stepp. Well, the guy. A guy, I mean, we're distributing talent between my two teams. I, I can live <laughs> yeah. with that. I yeah. can lend USC can has the luxury to lend a running back to Nebraska. Yeah, there we go. We need it. Um, all right, let's move on to my second loser here. Um, Northwestern, uh, you know, they had a, a very, very good defense, of course, um, led by some seniors in Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher. And those guys, I guess, were just ready to ready to turn the page here. Uh, they had played practically all four years. Um, they were just played a ton of football. Kind of didn't really make much sense for them to come back for a fifth year. I mean, it would have been great if they did for them. But, um, yeah, those guys are gone. Their lineman, Ernest Brown, is gone. Um, Greg Newsom, the corner, really, really good corner. Um, J.R. Pace, he's also gone. So Peyton Ramsey, quarterback, gone. They got uh, they, they lose quite a bit. And, of course, Rashawn Slater, their first-round tackle, is also gone, but he didn't play this year. He sat out. So, um, you know, Northwestern guys like Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, they've been around for so long. They usually replace pretty well. there, kind of have a nice system, but those guys were four year dudes and played a ton and they've had some, those guys played some huge moments. So I think they'll feel it a little bit. All right. My, my next loser is I, you know, I wouldn't call the team as a whole a loser. I don't feel that strongly about it, but just kind of felt like it was, worth bringing up is North Carolina and just, I guess more specifically Sam Howell being a loser uh, because he lost, he lost a lot of weapons. So they had two 1000 yard running backs this year, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Carter's a senior. He's opting to leave Mm -hmm. Javante Williams declared early as a junior. Uh, And then they had a thousand yard receiver, De'Ami Brown. He's leaving early. Uh, Their second leading receiver, Daz Newsom kind of had a, you know, a down year compared to what you'd thought. So you thought maybe he'll come back. Nope, he's gone. So between those guys, that's their top two rushers and four of the top top four of the top five leaders in receiving yards. So big losses there. I mean, they're a very young team. They're going to have a lot of returning starters elsewhere. So they'll still, still be got very some good, good receivers coming up too. They do, yeah. So I'm 
that's why maybe loser is is harsh. Well, no, but, but I mean, but if the they had some of those guys, yeah, exactly. If like if half those guys came back, they would be getting even more hype going into that's next year. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. all right, so with Mac Brown's old job, I'm going to go to Texas. Sarkeesian, you know, he's inheriting some talent, but the Longhards were possibly the hardest hit in the Big 12. Uh, Ellinger, he could have come back. Not terribly surprising, though, that he didn't. Uh, But losing left tackle Sam Cosme, defensive back Caden Stearns, and Chris Brown, uh, they lost the big-time pass rusher Joseph Asai. Um, Wide receiver Brennan Eagles was kind of a surprise decision that he left. Might have thrived, actually, with with Sark in that offense. But uh, So Texas... Was was bit a little little hard. Okay, there you have it. Uh, let's move on to transfers. So obviously the transfer portal has been very active, uh, seemingly more and more every year. Uh, how about among those who have have already chosen their destination? Trey, who are you looking at? So I kind of took a, a little duo because they went to Utah, and one it was Charlie Brewer and TJ Pledger. Charlie Brewer was kind of surprising going from Baylor to the Utes. I mean, he struggled a bit this year, as we all saw. But, you know, a year ago, he he did very well uh, with with Matt Rule and Baylor, as we all saw. Um, he's going to have to battle a couple other transfers, Cam Rising, and then some new recruits that they have, a dual threat, Jaquinda Jackson. Uh, but his experience will at least make him be the, the favorite going into camp. And then Oklahoma's wide, uh, running back, TJ Pledger. Uh, we saw what T- uh, Trey Sermon did when he transferred from OU. <laughs> Not saying he's the reincarnation of that, but uh, but the Utes, you know, when they lost tragically Ty Jordan, Pledger is a, a good get for them. So weird to see Utah just taking so many transfers now, like all yeah. of these QBs too. It's like and two of them from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. just like what's going on. They don't remember that ever from Utah before. But mm-hmm. um, all right, well, I've got a, another quarterback here. Going from Virginia Tech to Tennessee, Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I'm just I'm intrigued by him. He was he was very efficient overall in Justin Fuente's offense. 37 total touchdowns in his career there, seven interceptions, 9.3 yards per pass attempt. He's a really good runner. So if he's used correctly, he can be, you know, lead a very good offense. He committed, of course, before Pruitt got fired. So We'll see if uh, if he if Josh Heupel. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's not, of course, going to be handed the job. He'll have to compete for sure. They've got kind of a log jam there at quarterback, but I would be the favorite right now. And um, I think Heupel will will be able to use him. He used Mackenzie Milton's legs, of course, a couple of years ago. Um, of course, I, Hendon Hooker not as good of a passer as as Milton, yeah. but we'll see. No. Yeah, no, well, that's it's definitely an intriguing one for sure. Um, all right, I'm going to go to mine here. My first one is Mackenzie Milton. Uh, of ah, course, he's, yeah. yes, <laughs> there you go. He's going from uh, Central Florida to uh, Florida State, where he'll have he'll have some competition, no doubt about it. You know, Chubba Purdy's still there. Jordan Travis had some moments last year. You know, not that great, but um, neither of them. So it's if he's healthy and is you know really that's just the question. If he's healthy, I, I would think he'd be the guy um, just because of. What a great player he, he's proven to be. He's very accurate, good decision maker. They need something like that. So I hope he's healthy. We all want to see him healthy. Oh, yeah, it'd be so awesome. So hopefully he he comes back, leads FSU to a bounce back year. Just another great story for what it would be for. I mean, he'd be comeback player of the year. He'd be just, 
you know, yeah. I mean, he gets so much attention and deservedly so after what he went through. Yeah, Alex Smith 2.0, but yeah. Uh, well, I would go to uh, an ACC rival of FSU. Miami is getting Charleston Rambo, uh, Oklahoma receiver. You know, Derek King, he needs a threat on the outside, and he's getting one from OU. Rambo had a big year a year ago uh, with Jalen Hurts. He had 43 receptions. Um, but then this year, Mims ended up taking away some of his his targets and didn't have it as big of a season. But no reason he couldn't thrive in Lashley's offense with Derek King. All right. I've got uh, two final final transfers here for me. Uh, they're both quarterbacks. So... And they're they're kind of similar to the guys that they're they're replacing. So the first is at Memphis. Of course, they had Brady White from Arizona State. Uh, he was a transfer from ASU the past few years. Now they're getting an Arizona transfer, um, Grant yeah. Cannell, who, of course, Arizona as a team sucked, but the last couple of years overall, his his stats were pretty good. Not, not Cannell's fault. Yeah, exactly. Not his fault. I would expect if if he's the starter to him to thrive there. And then at SMU, they had. Shane Bichelle transfer from Texas for the past few years. Now they're getting a transfer from Texas's rival, Oklahoma, uh, Tanner Mordecai, who was former four-star recruit. I mean, he'd been in the the quarterback competition the last uh, last couple of years and just, of course, got beat out by some really good players. So played a little this and, year. What's that? Played a little this year. He did. Yeah, he's played and, and his stats are good. Of course, it's Lincoln Riley's offense, so they're always going to be good. But you could say the same thing about uh, Sonny Dykes, so I'm I'm sure he'll do very well. Yep, yep. I would I would would be surprised if he didn't. Um, all right, my last one here is uh, Jack Cohn. Uh, he's going from Wisconsin to Notre Dame, uh, and I think this makes a lot of sense. I think he can be somewhat similar to you know if he could obviously match Ian Book, that'd be fantastic. He doesn't quite have the legs that Ian Book has, but he is a good, solid game manager. Uh, makes good decisions with the ball. Um, I I would also think if he's, you know, I mean, I would, I would assume he's kind of has the leg up as far as getting the job. He's transferred there for a reason. Ian book's gone. Um, you know, Phil, uh, Djokovic is not the, not the guy in waiting. He's over at BC now. So this makes sense for Cone and Notre Dame. Um, I think it'd be a good, good fit. Okay. How about, uh, among guys that are still in the portal and, and haven't decided I'll, I'll throw out one. It's, LSU tight end Eric Gilbert. He was a five-star just last year, came in, had a great true freshman uh, 2020, 35 catches in just eight games. Um, so there's there's still a chance he could return to LSU. That that door is is definitely open. They would love to have him back. Um, so Coach O's got a, a recruiting job to do there because that would be a that'd be a huge loss. That absolutely would. Uh, I'm gonna go with Alan Bowman, he was Texas Tech's quarterback, highly productive, threw for over 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. When he's healthy, he is an absolute force. Um, He's actually going to be immediately eligible, even if they don't pass that transfer waiver uh, here. But um, he's got three years of eligibility remaining, technically, so you could see a lot more yards out of Bowman's arm. Yep, for for sure. Um, Mine is going to be Henry Toto from uh, the linebacker from Tennessee. Uh, he was obviously did very, very well there from Tennessee from right from the get go, even as a freshman. Um, he's a kind of a speedy linebacker, made a lot of good plays uh, this year, probably maybe didn't take quite the jump. Maybe that some people thought, um, but I think you could say that about just the whole team in general. So 
not sure if I could really put that on him. Um, so he's going to, whoever's going to get him, I think will get a really good player. Um, he's got a ton of ability. Um, so uh, that that's one that I'm very intrigued to, to see where he ends up. He's a good player. All right. Yeah. He was a big recruit. Uh, let's, yep. let's get to the, the coordinator hires. We've covered every new head coaching hire. It seems like the last one remaining will be UCF unless that starts some more dominoes, but uh, haven't discussed the coordinators much. So, Ryan, what's what's one of your uh, interesting hires? Yeah, I'm going to start us off with uh, Tim DeRuder, uh, the defensive coordinator from Cal, moving on to the same position at Oregon. Um, and we know what Cal has done the last couple of years. Uh, and DeRuder has done a fantastic job. Um, I, we, I know Justin Wilcox is obviously a defensive guy himself, but DeRuder should get a lot of credit for that. Guys like Evan Weaver, great secondary, uh, just a lot of, lot of great plays that they've had. So um, I think that's a pretty darn good hire. I've, if I'm, uh, if I'm Oregon, I'm, I think he'll do a good job. Yeah. Cristobal has done a really good job. It seems like hiring coordinators. Now you got Moorhead yeah. and DeRuiter. Like that's, that's great. Obviously Avalos was a great hire. He went on to become yeah. a head coach at Boise before that they had, um, um, the defensive coordinator they had f- from, uh, Jim Levitt. Jim Levitt. Yeah. There you go. Thanks for helping me out there. You got it. <laughs> Just wanted to watch him struggle for a little bit. And then yeah. fail him out at the last second. Uh, I'll go uh, Mike Yurkich going to Penn State. He was the offensive coordinator most recently at Texas and then Ohio State before that, and then most notably for a, a sustained run at Oklahoma State. Uh, Kirk Chiraca didn't quite pan out as they, as they hoped in Happy Valley, uh, but Yurkich, I mean, he's been successful everywhere. I would think he would get the most out of the Nittany Lion offense in the coming years. Yeah, they have. Uh, Number one for me, I, I, I think my, my favorite coordinator hire of the offseason has been Steve Sarkeesian hiring Washington defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski uh, to join his staff at Texas. He'll be the co-defense coordinator. I think nationally, he's one of the more underrated coaches in the country. Did a great job at Boise under Chris Peterson. Of course, followed him to UW. They've consistently had one of the best defenses in the country. Um, he's been very unselfish, kind of stepping aside and letting Jimmy Lake kind of climb the rungs ahead of him but uh but he's done a great job They're, they always have good defense and i know we we talked about the the texas hire and i think trey you and i were like sure it's fine but maybe weren't quite as excited as as ryan the staff that he's starting to uh, that he, he has put around himself right now especially with Kwiatkowski, is getting me i would be pretty excited if i was a texas yeah. fan oh yeah for sure um all right moving on to my second one here uh Bill O'Brien going to uh, oh, uh, Alabama as the new offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, obviously the the uh, Houston Texans uh, stint didn't go finish very well. Uh, it seemed like the, yeah. the Bill O'Brien, the GM, maybe they're not hiring him at least. True. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't really like him as a coach either. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like him personally. I seemed like the players had a little, little bit of a scuffle, whatever. Anywho. He's going to Alabama, so he's going to get things straightened out. Okay, that's what that's what these coaches do. Saban just takes whoever he wants, and they'll turn him into gold. And so I'm sure in a few years we'll see Bill O'Brien, you know, maybe at uh, some other big type program. Just it's just what happens for sure. And he, I mean, he did obviously a good job at at Penn State. So yeah, he goes and crushes it at Alabama. He'll be very desirable. Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with LSU. They hired Durante Jones as their new defensive coordinator. And 
I don't know about this one. It, I'm I'm not good at judging hires. I don't think anyone really is. But this is going to be the third defensive coordinator in three years for LSU. Bo Pelini obviously didn't quite work out, but it wasn't entirely. It <laughs> not quite. I'm just not going to. I'm also not going to throw it all on Bo. Like it wasn't entirely his fault. They were transitioning to a new scheme, virtually no off season. They had lost pretty much the entire team from the year before, yeah. like we've talked about a lot. But yes, st- statistically, it was awful. But I don't know how many other guys would have done too much. Um, now they have to change systems again. Jones is is the reason he's interesting is because he was kind of off the radar. He's been the Vikings assistant. Uh, he was an assistant with a couple more NFL teams, uh, Wisconsin, Hawaii, UCLA in years past. But he hasn't been a coordinator in over 10 years. And that was at Bowie State, which is a D2 school. So I don't really know what to think about this one. Yeah, I, it seems like he got hired because he was he coached under Aranda at Wisconsin. So, yeah, maybe wanted to get some of that glory back. Yeah. All right. Last one here is uh, Notre Dame hiring. Well, so they lost Clark Lee, of course, to Vanderbilt as their defensive, you know, to go their defensive coordinator go, to go become the head coach at Vandy. Uh, but I think they're getting an upgrade here. Uh, they hired Cincinnati yeah. defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, who. Yep arguably did the best job of any coordinator in the country last year over the last couple of years building that Cincinnati defense. So, uh, and he, he chose, it seemed like he chose Notre Dame over LSU. So that's yeah. uh that's a pretty big get. Yeah, that was a huge one. Uh, that's a huge get for Notre Dame. No doubt about it. And he's another guy that will be very, does a good job at Notre Dame. He'll quickly get a, get a head coaching job. Yeah. I'd be, be surprised if he wasn't a head coach in a couple of years. Yeah. All right. There you have it. That was that was like information packed episode. I feel like there was not a lot of dilly dallying. Cool. We got you caught up. I'm sure we missed some some coordinator hires, some other yeah. uh, transfers and stuff. Let us know on social media at CFB Bros. Um, some other ones that that you were interested in. Um, but that'll do it for us. So again, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com/slash College Football Bros. I'll put a link uh, also in the the description for this episode. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, and we will be back this week. We're going to do two episodes wow. this week. We're going to have uh, some YouTube content as, as well. We'll do a, a longer discussion on, on Tennessee's hire of Hypo. So another reason to subscribe there. Uh, and we'll see you in a couple of days. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.